from the MZ Studios Dallas Virtual Studios in cyberspace. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Greetings, everyone. It's your host, Ryan Trimble, coming to you once again by the miracle of the interweb. Joined again by the ever-patient Sean P. Williams. Sean, good day, sir. Hey, Ryan Trimble. How are you, man? I'm doing well. I, I say patient because I think it was, oh, I don't know, April when you pinged me, you know, when we first brought the podcast back. And, and thanks to our friend Michael Zavala at MZ Studios, uh, virtual studios in cyberspace. Um, you were like, are you watching The Last Dance? And I got all my buddies pinging me like, oh, my gosh, did you see this episode week after week after week? And homeschool dad problems over here. It was like, no, I haven't. I haven't. And I put it off and I finally put the craft projects away one night and I dove right in. And I was laughing to myself because there's our friend, the great Rick Carlisle, full head of hair, Rick Carlisle. I think it was episode two or three, Sean. And he's, you know, getting dunked on by a young Michael Jordan. So, uh, love it. Recommend it to everybody. Um, you know, that's, uh, that hasn't seen it yet. So well, that, everybody hadn't been yeah, hadn't been teaching. Haven't seen it. <laughs> oh yeah, everybody hadn't been teaching. You know, space lessons. Yes, and uh, you know, running a, a, a homeschool and you know, checking out episodes of Paw Patrol. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I definitely knew that you would get around to it. Yeah, I'm glad that you did. And I tell you, there is another gem besides the awesome filmmaking. Besides the awesome memes uh, that include Michael Jordan listening to music on the bus, and also, <laughs> also, uh, there's a meme of Isaiah Thomas when he talked about that he had the the credentials to make the Olympic team, but he wasn't selected. Um, but also, there is an awesome The Last Dance Spotify um, playlist, and oh, nice. it, it it has all the music that they played through all 10 episodes and it's a whole lot of 90s hip-hop um, and 90s 90s rock a little grunge as well so i would i would encourage anyone with a spotify account to check out the last dance playlist yes mrs trimble is definitely grooving to some of the uh songs i saw her over on the couch as she was <laughs> taking a break from from covid response and and <laughs> jamming out so it was fun it was but fun. It's, you know we 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 over there are two and a half now years of doing this show. We have talked plenty of hoops. Uh, we talk SMU hoops. We talk Dallas hoops, and we've got a special guest tonight coming on. And by the way, we are recording at night. I believe this is the latest <laughs> that we've ever recorded our show. But um, our guest tonight is coming to us from the NBA. That's right. She, of course, uh, the the th only the third woman to be an assistant coach in the NBA. She, of course, Jenny Busick uh, of the Dallas Mavericks. Well, we um, had an opportunity through our one of our owners, Jennifer Pascal, sent us an email and she was like, you know, I talked to uh, one of the coaches for the Mavs, Jenny Busick. Would you guys um, like to interview? And I think it took me all of 30 seconds to respond. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm not sure how many exclamation <laughs> marks I had uh, on that response that I had. But I, I do remember going to a game in December and looking out and I, I guess I just kind of missed it, but I looked on the floor and you know how the coaches, they go <clears throat> to the free throw line 
during the timeouts and do their strategy before they come back to the team. And I saw that there was a female coach, which I just didn't realize. And I said, oh, my God, the Mavericks, I did not. This is something that I just missed. I thought that uh, I still thought that the uh, the Spurs were still the only team that had a female coach. But, you know, again, as we'll talk to coach, uh, if you know the game, you know the game. So it's, it's going to be a, a really exciting conversation. Jenny was hired in 2018. Coach Busick was hired in 2018 by the Mavericks. And there's a great interview uh, that I that I'm going to have to ask her about. She, she goes on Outside the Lines with Bob Lee on ESPN, the great bearded Bob Lee. And, uh, and, and Bob says, now your whole family's with you at, at the studio where you're recording. And you, let me get this straight. You're going straight to the hospital to give birth right after this interview. And, and it's, it's just an amazing, uh, uh, you know, she, she's happy, overjoyed, nervous, excited. It's, it's really great. Um, I wanted to play this clip just to get a sense uh, of Jenny Busick. And I am joined now by Jenny Busick. I usually ask my guests how they're doing. It has a, an extra level of meaning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's an exciting day. As, as you know, I'm on my way to the hospital. <laughs> we, we're recording this interview Monday afternoon. So when we finish our conversation, you're going to deliver the baby? Yes, that's right. Um, because of my back injury from my playing career, uh, they're choosing to do a C-section. So we're heading to the hospital right after this. So you've got yeah. your, your family in tow and, and everyone's there, the whole support network. Yes, this is a team effort. So the <laughs> part of the team is here. So we're, we're well taken care of, oh. but I know I can, I can use all the help I can get. <laughs> oh, that, that, that is great. Sean, I love that clip because you, you can tell she's excited, but you can also tell the excitement and the joy that she has that the Mavericks, uh, you know, have, have given her this chance to not only uh, pursue her, you know, her career, but also to be a mother. Um, it's, it's really cool. I think it speaks volumes to the organization, you know, that, that we, we, we know because we see them, you know, in action here in town. And uh, I think it's just, a, it's a great testimony to, um, you know, what kind of people Rick Carlisle and, and Mark Cuban Sent Marshall and, and everybody, you know, at the Mavs, uh, what kind of people they are. Well, yeah, we've heard a lot of great things from the Mavericks over the last uh, few weeks. And, and the organization has just been so proactive. So it's really not a surprise uh, that they would make this basketball move, right? Because this is a basketball move. Um, someone who's got a lot of great experience uh, in, the, in the WNBA, in the NBA, in, in college. So uh, I'm excited. So as soon as we come back from this break, we're going to talk to Dallas Mavericks assistant coach Jenny Busick. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Brian Trimble, Sean Williams. We'll be right back. Right after this. Welcome back, Deconstructing Dallas. Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Sean, I'm super fired up. We've got a great guest today. She, of course, the third female coach in the history of the NBA. She, the great Jenny Busick. Jenny, welcome to the show. Great to be here, guys. I can't imagine a better way to spend my Thursday night. 
Why not? Why not? That's exactly how we feel. (laughs) Well, Jenny, for those, um, for, for those of our listeners who, who aren't familiar with you, can you tell us a little, a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got into basketball? Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's been an, an unexpected journey. You know, I played everything growing up and uh, come from a very academic family that wasn't even going to let me play a sport in college. Um, so I was looking at colleges not, not based on sports um, and narrowed it down to, to 10 schools and then started getting recruited in tennis first, then then volleyball. And then lastly, basketball. Um, it was not my best sport, but it was my favorite by far. And uh, and down the stretch, I ended up getting recruited by University of Virginia, who was number one in the nation at the time in women's basketball. Um, but they were also number one on my list before I'd even looked into the athletic side of things. So it was a win-win for me, and I had a great experience there. And then the year that I graduated, um, the WNBA began. So my plans to go to med school got thwarted and uh, ended up playing in the WNBA. Um, and then that, that plan kind of got thwarted because the first game that I earned a starting spot about a month in as a young rookie, I broke my sacrum. And, uh, that was, that was pretty much the end of my career. I played overseas in Iceland to try to come back, but my core was just jacked up. And, uh, and so it wasn't meant to be for me. Uh, but the, the, the purpose of the WNBA and the potential of the WNBA, uh, being a part of that inaugural season really gripped my heart. You know, I saw um, what it could be and what it meant to people. You know, we didn't have a professional sports league for women at that time. And so to see grown women at our games in full tears, um, to see young girls at our games, like almost confused and perplexed to see women doing something that, that they'd never seen before and just seeing the little light bulbs go on in their little minds of what it represented for opportunities for them. And seeing young little boys at our games looking up to us and wearing our jerseys and thinking, you know, there's a generation of young men that are going to grow up with a different paradigm about women that could help their marriages and them as fathers, etc. So like I said, it really, it really just felt like that league mattered and I wanted to be a part of helping get it off the ground and be a good situation for players. And so that's the first time I contemplated coaching. Um, and I got into coaching in 1999 with the Washington Mystics. I was only like 23, 24 years old and was coaching players on our team up to 40 years old. So that was an interesting uh, experience just being such a young coach in a, in a very veteran league when it began. Um, but I, I learned a lot about, you know, leadership and my particular leadership style that really has, um, you know, been my foundation. So I coached in the WNBA 20 plus years and was with several great organizations and uh, had some great, great, great mentors, including Ron Rostein down in Miami when the Miami Heat had a women's team. He's a 40 year plus uh, NBA vet and he was mentoring. He ended up entering mentoring me as well as Eric Spolstra, who's like my coaching brother. We're in the same family tree in, in the coaching world. And that without me realizing was going to come full circle, um, him laying the foundation in my, my life, you know, coaching wise and becoming like my coaching father, uh, really equipped me for when this opportunity came to coach in the, in the NBA a few years ago, uh, over in Sacramento. So it's been an interesting journey, not planned. I had never had any long-term goals for any of this. Um, never aspired for any of this. It just, this is, this is the way the path 
has gone. And so now here I am, I'm in Dallas and, uh, and trying to do big things here. So, so you, um, during your time in the WNBA in 2015, you were named the coach of the head coach of the Seattle storm. And so I'd, I'd like to know a little bit about your head coaching career. Also, the fact that you were the head coach for the great Sue Bird. Yeah, that, I mean, that was obviously a treat. You know, I, I've, I've coached a lot of great players, and I'm very, very, very thankful for that. You know, to, to witness greatness, to be around greatness, to be a part of greatness, their journey. You know, Sue, I've been coaching off and on since 2003 because um, I, was, I was there as an assistant coach when we won our first championship. Sue was very young, and we won our first one in 2004. And then we won another one together in 2010 with a whole different ownership group. Sonics were gone, new ownership group, new coach. Um, and then we, you know, then they just won another one in 2017, I believe, 17 or 18. I'd have to look at the, the year, but I was already in the NBA, but, but I was a part of, of building that, that championship team and the rebuild with that team. So Sue and I have a lot of history. Um, and it, she's a great friend of mine and I've learned so much from her and that's been a huge blessing, but you know, I've coached, I've been fortunate to coach a lot of great players, a lot of great young ones, a lot of great veteran ones. Um, and I think any coach that's been around the greatest of the greats, you know, will tell you, you learn a lot or as much or more from them as, as they learn for you by far. Now in 2017, then you make the jump from the WNBA to the NBA and in Sacramento, Tell us about that transition and, and what it was like to be, I mean, truly you're a pioneer, uh, you know, you're a trailblazer in, in coaching. So what, what was that like? Well, you know, you don't, you don't see it like that. I don't think, you know, I think for, for us um, women who are now coaching in, in the NBA, um, you know, we're just doing what we love. And when we get an opportunity to coach at, at different places, you know, I don't see the NBA as better than the WNBA. Um, you know, I have too much respect for, for the women to say that, you know, but the, the difference is just the doors just haven't been open. And, uh, and I always tell people, you know, we don't want to get jobs because we're a woman, not, not by any means. Uh, we don't want this to be a trend. Um, I, I would be insulted by that. But the fact that for, for the most of the existence of the NBA, you could not get an interview because you're a woman. So we don't want a job because we're women. We just don't want to not get a job or an opportunity because we're a woman. And for most of the, the league's history, that's that was the case. Um, so it's, it's good to see that that now people are opening up their minds a little bit to a different talent pool um, and some some more diversity, because I think there's beauty and, and value and diversity of all types. And you see a lot more international coaches. You see coaches of different backgrounds, you know, former players. You see analytics guys. You see women. You see, you see all different sizes and shapes in the coaching ranks in the NBA. And I think that's one of the things that, that does set the NBA apart is they, they do truly and genuinely value um, diversity. This is Deconstructing Dallas. We are talking to Dallas Mavericks assistant coach Jenny Busick. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the Mavericks, talk a little bit about Luca. So hang with us through the break. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. We'll be right back right after this.
welcome back. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. We're visiting with Mavs assistant coach Jenny Busick. Sean, there's a great uh, interview, and Jenny, when you got hired, there's a great interview on Outside the Lines, the ESPN production with uh, the great Bob Lee, and you are uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna we'll, we'll play a clip uh, of this uh, in just a, in just a sec. But there's a great clip of you, and Bob says, "Now you are you're doing this interview. You just got hired, and you are headed to the hospital to give birth right after this. Is that correct? <laughs> and it, it's yeah. a great." I think it's a great, uh, you know, a, a great tribute to, uh, you know, you speak about how great it is that the, the Mavericks, you know, are, are taking a chance on you, especially at this time in your life. So tell us a, a little bit about motherhood and what it's like to be at the Ma- in the Mavericks organization. Well, you know, just as you mentioned, um, you know, right as I got the opportunity to coach in the NBA, I, I thought I was taking a year off. And my focus was going to be having a child and becoming a mother, you know, by God's grace. Um, I had tried, you know, I was not in a relationship and was my window was closing. You know, I was in my 40s, according to the doctors in terms of having a child. And so I made a very, very difficult decision to try to do it on my own and really have no idea how that would affect anything, but just prioritizing that over everything and trusting that everything else would, would work out. Um, and in the midst of that process, I get hired in the NBA. So I'm like, this is for sure mutually exclusive. <laughs> um, you know, it's going to be a short lived career in the NBA, but you know, I, I knew this was, was possible that I would sacrifice a lot of things in order to try to be a mother. And I decided that was worth it. And, uh, and so I was resolved, you know, I talked to Dave Yeager, the head coach in Sacramento. We didn't tell anybody else cause I didn't want to be treated differently because at that time there was only one other woman coaching in the NBA. She, Becky Hammond uh, is in San Antonio. And a lot of people around the league were, were saying that it couldn't work anywhere else, but San Antonio, that San Antonio was kind of like a, a unique ent- entity and, and having a woman coach there could work, but nowhere else. And so I still felt like some pressure to show that, that this could work and it could be a valuable thing to organizations. And so I didn't want anybody to know that I was pregnant. I coached the whole season uh, pregnant by the end of the season. I was six months pregnant and I hadn't told anybody, but Dave just for safety reasons. And we were playing tennis a lot on the road and it was getting pretty hot. Um, but anyway, we, you know, he, he said to me, he said, so are you okay? if this costs you your career in the NBA, like, have you thought about that? And I said, yeah, Dave, of course I have, I've made peace with that. And, and so whatever happens happens, you know, I'm at peace and it has been an unbelievably indescribable surprise blessing that teams have been willing to work with me on this. Um, you know, I am some, I am, I have a unique situation. There's no other single mother in the league there's very few women and, and only a couple other um, parents, you know, female parents, but they have they have partners. And uh, and so I'm not able to travel on the long trips My, the first year because I was breastfeeding. I didn't travel at all. And these teams have have worked with me and made made adjustments and concessions Um you know, and I, I just I can't even put into words how grateful I am because I've because of Mark Cuban, Sint Marshall, Rick Carlisle, I have not had to choose so far between my two loves and my two passions, which is now motherhood, uh, family, and coaching 
the game that I love. So I don't know how long it'll go. I've never had long-term plans and, and I don't intend to change that philosophy on life, but I'm grateful for the time that I have and the blessings that it's been to, to me and my daughter. Now, Coach, you, you've had a chance to see one of the great young talents in the NBA uh, up close and personal with Luka Doncic. And so I'm really one, wondering, uh, you know, what you see in his development. He, he made a huge jump from his rookie year to his sophomore season. So I'm interested in your take on uh, on Luca. I mean, I, the only word I can use to describe him that I that I don't even know if it does it justice is savant. You know, I've coached a lot of great players, and you mentioned one uh, just a few minutes ago, Sue Bird, and and Sue's going to be a five time Olympian. Uh, will go down as the best point guard in the history of of women's basketball, and maybe the smartest player to ever play on the women's side and, and one of the smartest to ever play on men's or, or women's side. And Sue's gift is reading the game and countering, you know, and, and she makes great decisions. That's, that's her thing, you know, and Luca, if you take it to a, a different place, a different, a different type of vision, he not only sees things before they happen and is a great decision maker you see him actually controlling what happens and almost like playing a video game with the other, you know, nine players out there on the floor, particularly the five defenders and baiting them to do what he wants so that he can do what he wants. I've never seen anything like it. He's not only, like I said, ahead of the game, ahead of what's going on at any particular moment, he's in control in a way that I've just never, I've never seen anybody I've coached or coached against. Um, and he is so young. So his understanding of the game and mastery of the game and control of the game, it's it's a gift. I mean, he is he is truly, truly gifted. And as he is adjusted to the schedule, um, the rigors, the you know, just the speed um, of our of our league, you know, you're just going to see him getting better and better because it's it's not just a physical talent that he has. It's really this mental mental gift that he has. Now, Coach, I think, uh, you know, a lot of us will always remember where we were uh, the night. And, and I was in Littlefield, Texas, watching uh, at a Pizza Hut, watching TV, watching the Oklahoma-Utah uh, game about to get started. And, and Rudy Gobert, or they said a player uh, for the, the Jazz uh, had COVID-19. They called that game and they switched to the Mavericks game. And you guys continue to play. And so, you know, I'm interested to know. What, what was it like uh, on the bench in the arena for you all? Because as it was Ryan and I talked about, this was really for a lot of us in the United States, the first with the NBA, the first time that, that someone really took the, 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 the pandemic really seriously and made, took action on it. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it, it really was almost almost surreal. You know, I think seeing Mark Cuban's reaction, which they caught on camera. So everyone's seen mm -hmm. it by now. But we all saw that, like we all saw like our security guy go over and, and deliver a message to him, you know, show him his phone and his reaction. And and then the word spread very quickly amongst our team. Um, I mean, you just <laughs> you just you're almost in shock. And I think it, it affected Denver more than us in a negative way. We just kind of like, well, we're almost like, well, let's just have fun because we don't know when we're going to play again. And our childlike joy came out um, and maybe the childlike innocence of our team compared to Denver. Mm -hmm. And and we just went to another level and played our tails off and played great. And Boban went off and put on a show and, and the guys just didn't really look 
you know, like they were enjoying things and that's when we're at our best with, with the demographics of our team. And, and so it ended up being a very fun game for us, but I don't think any of us could have anticipated what, you know, the scale of what was going on, uh, what was going to go on and how long this was going to last. And even just now, like what's going on in our world, we, I mean, obviously no one could have known that we just couldn't believe that the season was being suspended because that alone was a huge deal as everybody knows. Coach, it looks like, you know, all signs are pointing to a return of the NBA in Orlando and, and 22 teams, you know, going at it, going down in the bubble. Um, what, what, what do you know about the starting back up and what's life going to be like for you when basketball returns? Yeah, I think there's a lot of, a lot of still a lot of uh, nerves about it. Uh, you know, not, not any, nobody really knows exactly what it's going to look like and, um, how it's going to feel. Um, I think people are eager to play. People are eager to go back to work. Coaches are eager to coach, but you know, these, these men and women uh, will be away from their families for a long period of time. And I'm forfeited because of that. I can't be away from my two-year-old daughter as a single mother for two, three months. So I'll be working from Dallas um, which is painful. I mean, you want to be in the trenches with your guys. You are, we're soldiers and we, we want to be together. And so it's a very, very painful thing that for me personally, that I won't be able to be with my guys and I'll be, I'll be working remotely, but, um, but it's also extremely painful for all the, the men, um, that are going because they're going to be away from their families for such a long period of time. And so it's a, it's an, I think it's an anxious time. Um, as much as everybody wants to get back to work and get back to doing what we love, it's just, there's so many unknowns with this disease and, uh, and being, a, being in a bubble situation is, is uncomfortable. I think it's going to be uncomfortable. They'll do everything they can to make it enjoyable and safe, but you know, who wants to, who wants to be locked away for two or three months away from their family and friends? Now, coach, we, we've got a lot of folks who, who know, uh, you and your coaching career. And then for some of our listeners, this will be the first time that they've They've heard from you, but I'm sure that they're going to want to follow you. So can uh, can you tell us how, how we can follow you on social media? Uh, well, I do have Twitter, which is just at uh, jbusek, B-O-U-C-E-K. And then I have an Instagram account, which I, I use more often, I would say. And that's uh, Coach Jay Busek. Um So, yeah, we're trying to keep people up on, on inside stuff, especially with the Mavs. And uh, I try not to be too annoying, you know, with pictures of my, my precious princess. So there you go. Well, Coach, we're certainly uh, grateful for your time and uh, look forward to seeing you out there when you, you all hit the court again. Yeah, we're, we, I mean, we, as, especially as a young team, are so excited to just get this experience of a playoff run and a playoff experience. So in particular for our team, we really feel like it, it's valuable that, that we're getting a restart and we really hope that it, it goes through to the end so that we can get those pressure cooker situations for this young group together. Coach, we, we really appreciate the time. And, and, you know, after all this season gets done, we'd love to have you back and chat with you again. Oh, for sure. Anytime, guys. You got my number, so just hit me up, and I'd love to chat anything, especially hoops, but anything with you guys anytime. All right. That is Dallas Mavericks assistant coach Jenny Busick, uh, deconstructing Dallas. Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We'll be right back right after this.
Welcome back to Deconstructing Dallas. Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. What a great conversation with Coach Busick. I, I can tell you it made me miss the NBA even more and made me even more no, excited yeah. to hopefully get to see a little bit more uh, NBA hoop action this year. Yeah, no joke, Sean. It's uh, It's been too long. You know, I, I think you can only watch Wild Great. Like we were talking about, you can only watch Last Dance and, and old games so many times. Uh, but that was really cool. I mean, what a career. 20 years in the WNBA, you know. Uh, it's like, hey, uh, yeah, like you were saying, this is a basketball hire. This is somebody who has a lot of experience and probably brings a, you know, a really interesting perspective uh, coming from the WNBA that, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming they think will will play out, and I think it's you know playing, you know, going to play out well for the team. So, yeah, well, she she's excited, and you know, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be tough once they get back going, but I think. She's a real asset to us here in Dallas to have as a resource and also a, a resource for us at Deconstructing Dallas because, as you heard her say, uh, we've got her number. We can hit her up. We can ask her. Um, you know, we can we can ask her why did, um, you know, the, the unicorn take that three from half court or, you know, whatever we need to know, you know, we, we can ask Coach. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess we're insiders now, Sean. I wanted to say congratulations to you because today – you are the Allen Media Trivia Champion, and you dethroned me, and I did not really take kindly to that, but I'm going to be a good sport. I, I did not see it coming, and I'm going to be a, a good sport and not be a sore loser and congratulate you on that. I distracted you with a you know a, a baby crawling all over me on the <laughs> Zoom video. But I, I know, and I looked up, and you had, had surpassed me. Yes, I think I, I, think I uh, overcame you during cookie the cookie and dessert portion of the segment Klondike bar trivia. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Nutella, um, <laughs> Milano. I mean, yeah. you took Nilla wafers. You, you, you yeah. took the cake right there. there so to speak. Is. All right. So, All right. so with that, uh, this has been deconstructing Dallas. I want to thank coach Dallas Mavericks, assistant coach, Jenny Busick for joining us. What a great conversation with coach. I want to thank, our owner, Jennifer Pascal for helping to set that up. I also want to thank Mary Willie, our owner, uh, for giving us the opportunity to do this. Thank our creative team for helping us to put this together and promote this. Thanks to Michael Zavala and MZ Studios. Uh, we are trending upwards with Deconstructing Dallas. We had our biggest month in May of 2020, and now we are about to have our biggest month in, uh, of, of our entire run here for June 2020. So that means you are listening, which we appreciate. And that means you are sharing. So keep sharing our podcast on social media. Keep uh, leaving us reviews. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, we want to make sure that you follow us on Twitter. He is Ryan Trimble, Trumble 15 R-T-R-I-M-B-L-E 15. I am Sean P. Williams. S-H-A-W-N-P Williams on Twitter, on Instagram. So check us out. Deconstructing Dallas, we'll be back with another fresh episode really, really soon. But until then, we will see you and adios. <laughs>